Hello everybody, today on Harbor Speaks, we're going to talk to Senior Lead Officer Junior Newell. We're going to learn about how he works with the community. I'm Mike Carrera. For 40 years, I've worked in the nonprofit field. During this time, I've noticed there are hundreds of nonprofits, organizations, and individuals making a positive difference in their community. My mission is twofold. I want to inform the communities of these organizations and recruit help for these organizations as well. We're going to take a short break, and when I return, we'll be talking with Senior Lead Officer Junior Newell. We'll be right back. Picking up Danny's, you always wanted a dandy man, you did. Not a candy man, I don't sugarcoat nothing. Extra cash come in hand. Welcome back, everybody. I have in my office Senior Lead Officer Junior Newell. He works in the 15th District area, which is the Wilmington, Harbor City, San Pedro area. Junior, welcome. I'm really glad to see you here. It's good being here, Mike. Thank, thank you for inviting me. Hey, can you tell me, uh, what are your responsibilities? So, uh, a senior lead officer for the Los Angeles Police Department is basically a liaison between the, your local police station, which in my case is Harbor Division, and the community. And we're tasked with a lot of jobs, and one being community outreach. Second, finding those people that have crime concerns, uh, quality of life concerns and try to uh, sit down with them and strategize with the community on how to address these concerns. With the city of Los Angeles, we have numerous resources to deal with gang issues, drinking and public issues, homeless issues, property crime issues, so on and so forth. So, you know, you have this one aspect of our job, which is crime reduction. So we we basically, in order for us to do our job effectively and be accountable to the crime numbers, we have these meetings with our command staff, our captain, and these these meetings, although we have small ones that are daily, we meet weekly with our captain to discuss what has happened, what the crime picture was on the week prior, and what we can do, what we can put in place to bring those numbers down and address chronic crime location. There is an effort with the senior lead officer to address part one crimes, and those are your more serious crimes, robbery, uh, assault with a daily weapon, aggravated assault, even homicide, and things like that. So we, we strategize on how to bring those numbers down. And then from, you know, from that crime suppression effort, we also have the community engagement effort where we try to address the community and be visible in the in the public eye and let people know what we're doing about these issues about the crime issue and what the crime picture looks like uh, so we're out there we do we do monthly meetings uh, weekly meetings we create and initiate community events uh, where people have access to the uniform and they can ask uh, questions that are more intimate to their needs uh, so it's a, a you know one-on-one -on -one effort with the police department, the senior lead officers, anybody from our community relations office, to to basically talk to people and and let them be heard. In that effort, we can use the resources that we have and address their concerns. Well, I really like to see uh, in in the community. You know, I go to all these a lot of not all of them, but I go to a lot of the events, and I'm always seeing officers out there talking with people. Sometimes it's you, sometimes it's other senior lead officers, but the last event we had was a carnival that they had out there yeah. off of Avalon. Yes. And I saw a group of officers there talking with the, 
the kids in the community and some of the parents. Is that how you get most of your information, talking to them about things that their concerns? It, it's one way. The way we compile information is, is at different levels, you know, first being, you know, the initiation of a crime report, secondly, a, a complaint from a, a citizen or a, any community member, a business owner. And then, you know, we have different ways that people report certain things, you know, whether it's anonymously or and things like that. So it's up to us to compile all this information depending on where it's from and what can be used to go forward with actual arrest to a conviction. So, you know, when we go to these outreach events, we are trying to shore up a relationship between the police department and the community. So whether we get information from them during those events, it, it, it's good, we, we utilize that information, but the, the biggest effort is that they know that we are part of their community and we wanna be there for them. Uh, so that's what the community outreach efforts are, are for. In the interim, we would like to recruit more cadets, more community police advisory board members to our meetings and get everybody involved. Because some, sometimes people will sit back and they watch and they they have something to say they have concerns but they they feel that they won't be heard so it's important that we uh, get out and try to reach those people yeah i noticed a lot of prevention type of activities that you guys do i know the uh, cadet program is a real good example of one but i've also seen the uh, the uh, officers help helping with the uh, Saturday Night Live, or live pro- was it? Sa- Summer Night Lights. Summer Night Lights, I'm sorry, yeah. I always get that wrong. Yeah. Summer Night Lights program. Yes. And, I, and they're, they're really involved in that, and I, and I think that makes a big difference. It's great for some of the kids to see that yeah. these people are actually human as well, even yeah. though they are police officers, and that they're able to work with the community and parents. You know, so yes. I really like seeing that. And the new event coming up right now is the Arts, arts Walk, and Yes. And I've seen uh, officers over there making the rounds, talking to people, not just looking for for people that are causing trouble, but actually getting to know them, getting to know their concerns, and getting to know, trying to find out, figure out how we can work with the problem to prevent it rather than actually arrest. When you have to actually go and arrest somebody, that's what's really tough, you know. Right. You know, it's a whole different thing. But preventing it and getting kids involved is is what I see you guys doing. So what organizations do you work with besides the ones I mentioned. Oh, so besides the GRID program, which is the Gang Reduction Youth Development Program out of the uh, mayor's office, I also work with uh, GAP, and Juan Torres is the director of, of GAP, Gang Alternatives Program in the schools. So last year I would basically be a uniformed presenter during their during their course of instruction in the schools, and any after-school programs I would attend and address their kids, at, answer their questions, and give them information on on awareness about gang prevention and things like that. Uh, outside of GAP, obviously, there's uh, there's Toberman, Toberman Family Center, Diane Kean, um, the executive director there. We have a, a monthly meeting with her, as well as the grid uh, supervisor for this grid area. We all meet with the interventionists and we talk about some of some of the issues that are happening currently, how we can do better, how we can engage the kids and provide barriers for them against gang influence. And we know we have a lot of that in the community. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's a great partnership. Can we get better? Absolutely. Other than that, LAUSD obviously is a great partner of ours. Uh, I try to attend the schools, talk to all the principals. Rudy Mendoza at Banning High School, Miss Aiello at Narbonne High School. 
Uh, I have yet to get up to Guardian or San Pedro just yet this year since, uh, uh, since it's been a new school year. But uh, basically all the issues that we are currently seeing are in this area. So it's important that whenever we see the ugly face of gang violence, we try to embed ourselves in those communities. So right now we're in Wilmington. Uh, we're trying to hit it hard in, uh, in Harbor City as well uh, to address uh, the concerns of the community and identify those that, that need resources. So how, how long have you been an officer? I have been an officer for 25 years. 25 years yes. with with the LAPD or? With the Los Angeles Police Department. Wow. Yes. That's a long time. Actually. Well, I had, I'm sorry, I had one year with the Palos Verdes Estates Police Department prior to coming on to LAPD. So what, what made you want to become an officer? You know, uh, it's a funny but true story. Um, I, I was a senior in high school. Uh, I, football was my thing. I always thought I was going to play in the NFL. Uh, so I'm sitting on the couch with my girlfriend at the time, and we're watching the news, and we're and there was a story uh, with uh, police officers that were in the in the shot, and I think it was like I don't know, it was some type of police uh, news clip, and there was officers standing there, and my girlfriend said to me, she goes, "Aren't men in uniform handsome?" <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> so, you know, so uh, you know, outside of that, that that was like my initial thought of like, wow, that's pretty cool. Police officers do look pretty cool, and then and then shortly after that, you know, I graduated in the late eighties, and uh, shortly after that, real real uh, reality TV kicked in. Cops started coming on, and I started watching the detailed aspects of law law enforcement, and how I thought that such a that is such a cool profession, uh, guys doing work to, for the good. And, and being a church you know, guy and growing up in the church, my thought was always, you know, like my dad is saying to me, if I would mess up any time, it's like, if I mess up in someone, that means you know, he would look at me and with a stern look and says, hey, make things right. So with that thought process and growing up in a, in a Christian, house I and as well as my football background you know I always you know the camaraderie of playing on a team where there's blood sweat and tears was something that I was just like you know I desired like I had that feeling to be involved in that forever you know we had one goal as a football team once that was lost man I, I went to a short depression where can I find that that high again and looking at the, the police profession and, and the goals of a law enforcement organization uh, where you, you do have to be at times have a physical, you know, be involved in physical events or incidents to strive to, you know, for public peace, you know, now the, now the need is greater for me and it feels good. And I always, you know, um, I always try to strive to, you know, whether, whether it's working out, being out on the beat and chasing people um, at the end of the day, um, if I feel that the, the mission of our unit or of our patrol, uh, or if even me as a senior lead officer was, was, was complete, the feeling of, of back being, being in that football helmet was there and that sounds real cool it's like teamwork like you're back on a team again you know and, yeah absolutely and you work as a team because you all got a, the same goal and that's and I don't know how that feels that yeah. I did play football but you know I was more of a bench warmer but you know <laughs> but it was it was a very very uh, the comradeship of everybody working together for the same goal was was really yeah, really absolutely. a good feeling yeah. you know I, I remember the, 
when there was a big drug problem just right here in the housing projects. And my wife taught at uh, Hawaiian Avenue, mm. and she could not just drive to work without somebody running up to her car saying, what do you want, what do you want, you know, yeah. trying to sell her drugs. And, right. you know, she, they got to the point where, you know, they talked to the senior lead officer at the time, and basically all he did was plan every morning to have a car parked right there where everybody could see, and that really stopped the problem. You know, because people that were coming to buy drugs, well, I'll just come right there and take off, you know. Right. And the people that were selling the drugs were were afraid to go out and run out in the street. But it actually did curb the problem. I mean, it still goes on. Not as crazy as it was before. And that, to me, is like community work because it was the the principal at the time. I think it was Tommy Keenan. Mm -hmm. And she, she met with the senior lead officer. I'm sorry to forget his name. Was it Jay Nunez? Yeah, Jay Nunez. That's there you it was. go. It was yeah. Jay Nunez, yeah, I remember. And they got yeah. they ended up getting cars put there right. just on a, on a daily basis, just for several mornings. Right. And then that really stopped. Well, it didn't stop it, but really slowed it down to the point where it wasn't as visible as it was at that time. Because you could not turn that corner without three yeah. or four people running up to your car trying yeah. to sell you drugs at a time. And, well, that was crazy back then. I remember. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I do remember. I, I got a little bit of that when I first came to this division uh, where the housing development was still up and you still had two different gangs that were running in this projects. Yeah, well, it's changed a lot, and I think, yeah. I think for the better. Yes, you know, there absolutely. Are, there are still problems. You know, they, they never go away, but, but it sure is a lot better place right. to be. I want to thank you for all the work you guys do. And, no, you thank know, you. I, I appreciate what you, what you do. It's kind of tough to... to uh, be in the community, but then you, you're kind of a watchdog too, you know. Besides gangs, what is the biggest concern in this area? Yeah, I think in every community now is the the homeless crisis. We have three major encampments in, in Harbor area, and uh, between the council office, uh, the Los Angeles Police Department, Department of Sanitation, they're doing their best to find ways to address the needs of the ones that are truly in need of homes or temporary shelters. Uh, but, you know, amongst them are the criminal homeless. Yeah. Uh, we have to uh, make sure that people are aware that, you know, although there are people in need, we do have a percentage of these guys that are causing us issues. Whether it's drug-induced or not, you know, we've always had the property crime issue with our criminal homeless. Now we have uh, assault issues where we're getting radio calls of people beating up people with pipes and things like that near these encampments. So... We have those issues so i think the greater need is is that you know we get the resources out to them locate areas where we can uh, safely place them and and that the taxpayer dollar is is used directly towards that effort because yes. there is so much trash and stuff that basically out there that that can that can harm people you know kids kids walk near these encampments uh you have human feces urine uh, needles and things like that that you know our officers and god bless them our hope team do their best to address uh, these issues but for the you know for the for the crimes that they commit and they go to jail they're right back out yeah they're probably out sometimes before the officer gets out of the jail uh, because there's just so many but they do their best and they're every single day they're in there they're addressing the issues trying to clean up the areas you know one of our officers got feces thrown on his arm the other day and they're they're constantly in the position to to get you know scabies any infections and things like that but 
but they're hardworking and they don't sway away from what they're doing because of it. Um, and they've been, and many of them have been in the job for a couple of years. So it kind of tells you where their heart is at. So sure. there is a great effort with uh, the homeless. Jeez, and then there's a number of reasons why they're homeless too. It's I understand it. Some some of them are just down on their luck financially. Yes. Uh, some of them are addicts. Some of them yeah. are criminals. You know. And some of them are mental problems. Mental illness you know? is a big issue. Yes. And to take care of this problem, you need at least five or six different directions to go to help them. You know. Yeah. And then. Do they want help? Some of them don't. Some are very uh, resource resistant. I saw a few, uh, I know uh, Joe Buscato had a video out of him trying to help people get out of the streets. And, right. Uh, I think he talked to about six or seven people and they all said, no, this guy doesn't want to go in because he can't take his dog with him, you know. Yeah, and that's one of the you big know, ones. I, I'm just, wow, look at this, you know. Right. I would, you know, me, my thinking would be to get anything to get out of the street, but... I guess these people are used to being out there now. So, right. and, and then to see so many of them, because there's always been a homeless problem, but there's a lot now. I mean, right. and it's really, you, know, you go down one alley and there's yeah. just tents and encampments and right. you know, junk furniture that people have thrown out that, that they're using. It's, it's, you know, it's scary to see that. I can only speculate. You know, we had Prop, Proposition 47, Proposition 40, 57 passed. AB 109 and some of the some of these leg, leg, legislation laws that were that were passed, where we have individuals that are getting out on early release for nonviolent crimes they committed that perhaps did not have housing set up for them once they were released and don't have that ability. And then with that program comes a bunch of other problems. If if you know if these guys aren't out on super if they're out on supervised release, how well are they being supervised? You know, so that coupled with, you know, obviously some of some of the homeless that are out here are, are military guys that yeah. didn't have homes. So, you know, we're doing our best to help the veterans. Yeah, I had a friend working in the uh, probation department, and he was, well, I think it was parole department, because uh, there was people that were out on parole, and because of the crimes they committed, they couldn't get a job, right. didn't have a place to live. But he still had to go and check on them and find out where they were and stuff, and this, these guys lived under the uh, one of the uh, freeway camp, right. the freeway bridges, and he, he had to drive by and go talk to him at the bridge. You know, right. That's the the guy still had to check in with him, yeah. otherwise he would have been arrested. But you know, uh, it was it's just for him, he just could not find himself a job, and you know, he ended up in a catch twenty two where yeah, it was too dirty to even apply for a job. And yes, yeah, it's know. unfortunate. Yeah, uh, he, he had tried, but I think he had given up after a while. He's just, right. too, you know, so you just wonder where they're going to go and how we're going to fix that. Right. But involved churches are helping, I know. Police are helping. There's some nonprofit organizations that are helping the homeless. So, you know, I was talking to Community's Child, one of my last uh, interviews. That was a Tara in the, in the Community's Child program in, in Harbor City, I think it is. They help homeless women with children. You know, I saw I saw her program grow from where they were helping four or five families at a time to right. <laughs> they're almost in the thousands now. Yeah. It's it's crazy. What do we do? I mean, we're trying our best, but right. you know what? Do we, what else can we do? And there's no answer to it. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, just keep pushing. Yeah, just keep pushing. I think eventually it, it'll get solved. There's going to be a way of figuring it out. And, you know, I appreciate what the police do. Also, the community does and churches as well. It's it's something it takes a whole village to take care of this problem, I believe. Yes. And that's that's the way it's going to be. Well, anyway, I want to 
thank you for being here today. No, thank uh, you for having me, Mike. I appreciate you. you coming, and we hope you can come back and we can talk a little bit more about yeah. the different things that are going on in the community. Absolutely. Uh, and, you know, I want to thank you for what you do in the community. Thank you for what you do with the, the teen center as well as the, as the youth that are here in, in Wilmington, California. So, you know, everybody knows you, Mike, and, and uh, thank you for, for being that light and, and being a partner with the Los Angeles Police Department. Thank you very much. Uh, Junior Newell and the senior lead officers are another example of the great things that are going on in this community of San Pedro, Wilmington, and Harbor City. And we'd like to thank you for listening. I love sharing this with you. If you have an organization or a special activity you would like to promote on Harbor Speaks, email me at harborspeakspodcast at gmail.com. That's harborspeakspodcast at gmail.com. Thank you again, and we hope to see you at our next show. Hey, special thanks to DeAndre Lopena for the background music. Sounds great, doesn't it?